0: Alright you guys, so we are pretty much almost in back to school season, or we pretty much already are depending on where you go to school, but if you are a junior or senior in college, then you are probably coming to a slow reality check of, holy shit, I am almost a college graduate, like what am I going to do with my life, like what do I do from here, right? Right? I remember what it was like during college and after college and even during the job search process. It's all still really recent to me. And because I know how stressful it can be, I put together a career ebook guide for you called the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success. I include resume templates, cover letter templates, top interview questions, my personal answers to the questions, how you should be dressing at interviews, and so much more. So you can find all the information on this ebook and buy this ebook online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Alright you guys, so we are pretty much almost in back to school season, or we pretty much already are depending on where you go to school. But if you are a junior or senior in college, then you are probably coming to a slow reality check of, holy shit, I am almost a college graduate. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what do I do from here, right? I remember what it was like during college and after college and even during the job search process. It's all still really recent to me, and because I know how stressful it can be, I put together a career ebook guide for you called The Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success. I include resume templates, cover letter templates, top interview questions, my personal answers to the questions, how you should be dressing at interviews, and so much more. So you can find all the information on this ebook and by this ebook online at whatfulfillsyou.com. hello you guys happy tuesday welcome back to the what fulfills you podcast my name is emily elizabeth I'm your host, and welcome if you are brand new to the show, and if you came by this episode because Sav, my girl, sent you here. um, As you can tell on today's episode, I do have a guest, and she is now a new friend of mine, someone that I can look forward to seeing next time I'm in Miami, and if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, um, especially earlier in the spring, I was in Miami for most of the months, I think both March, April, and May, um, part of June as well, I think. So, yeah, I obviously love Florida, love uh, Miami, and just the music scene there. But to get into Sab, if you guys don't know her, Sab Wright, Savannah Wright, um, she is a fitness influencer, but she formerly worked a nine-to-five in sales, similar to me, so we dive into her journey from college, being in a sorority, how she landed her 9-to-5, which she kind of assimilated into um, after graduating. We also dive into her relationships. so that's probably something if you guys know of Sav prior to this episode, it's um, definitely, I think, more unique questions than usual because I just always love to dig deeper, especially surrounding relationships because I do believe meaningful relationships and meaningful connections are the most important in life and I just have to say you guys I uh, want to put this out there Sav's energy is so cool and warm and I know that was kind of like a paradox what I just said there but she's so amazing and one of my favorite guests if not maybe like favorite On this podcast because I just like love her energy like she is just so inviting and warm and you can just tell has really good intentions and has a really good heart and I have been just reflecting lately on you know being in my mid-20s making a major move um, in a couple weeks here just reflecting on energy and um, the type of energy I give off and the type of energy I receive from people and why it is that we come across certain people that just don't align and why it is that we come across certain people that do and it really just comes down to energy and if you are like a semi-nerd like me and you um, are intrigued more on this like concept of frequency vibration and all of that and again it's not woo-woo shit I I do think there's practicality in it um, a friend of mine who will be on the podcast soon as well, Um, he recently introduced me to something called the Hawkins Scale, um, created by Dr. Hawkins, and this is surrounding the concept of consciousness and uh, pretty much energy level is based on emotion, and um, it's not something that you build up to, it is actually something you literally turn a switch on. That's something that I've been working on as well, is like kind of cultivating more peace and love and like, bringing that energy out more when I, um, you know, talk with people, when I'm around people, um, and yeah, I just, again, wanted to reiterate, I think Sav's energy is just so warm, someone that I would love to be around. Um, Sav, I know you're listening to this, so shout out to you, but um, no more rambling, except one more thing, I do want to just share a piece of gratitude, because that is something I like to incorporate into my intros as much as I can. So today, i just want to say i am super grateful for just the most smallest things right now like it's sunny right now i'm back in la um i just came back from new york on sunday I will be updating you guys on where I'm moving to um, and like what's going on with that but but most of you might be able to guess like where I'm moving to at this point if you follow me on Instagram um, and it's pretty much a cross-country move and I'm just so grateful that I'm like healthy right now, like super healthy, super strong, went to the gym this morning and I can recall moments in life where I wasn't like, you know, feeling so physically healthy and just felt really off, and was reminding myself like, that's why it's so important to be really grateful and share that with the world when you are super healthy. And so I'm grateful for everything that um, I'm experiencing right now and all the people I am coming across in my life um, in this chapter. So with that being said, I hope you guys can think of one or two things you are grateful for, share it with a friend, share it with yourself, write it down in your notes, and let's dive into this episode. Righty. well, Savannah, thank you, or should I call you Sav? I don't know which one you prefer. <laughs> you can call me
1: either. I always okay. grew up with like Sav as just like a nickname my family would call me, but then yeah. now that my social is Sav... Everyone just thinks my name's Sav. So I go for it. I'm like, either way, (laughs) it works.
0: I like it. (laughs) Sweet. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show today. I know we've been back and forth for a little bit, so I'm glad we can finally sit down and chat. But let's just get right into it. How about you share just your background? Share like where you went to school, where you grew up, everything like before your fitness program and everything that most people know about you today. Yeah. Uh,
1: I grew up in Seattle, Washington, to be specific, Kent, Washington. Um, you know, I loved it. I went to high school and then I went to college at Washington state university. Um, but I always wanted to move away. I always wanted to live in California. It was like something I always dreamed about. Um, but I couldn't afford it. Like my parents didn't have the money to send me out of state. Um, so I luckily got a huge scholarship at Washington state university, went there for four years. It was great. Um, but then I basically got a job right outside of college and said, Hey, like, can I go remote after I think three months of working for the company? And they had never done that before, but they're like, well, sure. Let's try it out. So then I moved to Huntington beach, California. Mm -hmm. And I just had always known like the minute I could, I would get out of Washington. Like I love Washington as a state, but I just knew I wanted to grow um, and just see different parts of the world. And I wanted a warm climate. And so California Mm was easiest. So I thought, why not? And that's how I ended up in Huntington.
0: And I feel you on that too. Like I said, I grew up in Pennsylvania in a four seasons type of climate. So um, definitely was very drawn to Southern California and glad I had my time out there. So I feel the same way as an out-of-stater coming into California, wanting the warm weather, wanting the change of scenery, like different, you know, types of people. So I was definitely all about that as well. Um, uh, So I'm curious. So you had your job, I guess, right out of college. Um, What did you initially want to do? Was it like, you know, what position were you in? Was it in, I think I read it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was it in sales or? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Was that something you wanted to do or you felt like inclined that that was like a direction you wanted to take post-grad or was that something that just kind of you fell into and you stuck with um, after you graduated?
1: Yeah, I had no idea. Like a lot of people, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I studied digital technology and culture, which everyone is like, what does that mean? And I couldn't even tell you. It was a lot of random classes on like website coding, digital design, um, even learning about like social media in general. And then I minored with fine arts and communications. So ideally, I wanted to be an art director. That's what my dad was, and I always was drawn to it because he get, gets to be creative and he gets to do what he wants and it's fun. And so I wanted to do that and realized I wasn't that good at like illustrator and design. and I was like, shoot, well, what the heck am I gonna do? Um, and I ended up getting a job with a promotional apparel company similar to what my dad did as an art director but in sales so i still got to be creative um and it was the first job outside of college that was like hey like we'll give you a job and i was like oh, let's let's do it um and i mean i liked it i was really lucky to have it uh, they let me go remote i worked in like a collegiate field so i literally sold to sororities and fraternities um because i was in a sorority so yeah. I like could kind of speak the lingo. So I'd go to these conventions and I would sell like merchandise and design their shirts and things like that. Um, And then maybe a year into that, I got really burnt out um, because it's really hard to deal with the collegiate world. So -hmm. then I started doing tech startups. Um, So I was probably there for almost three years total. And when I did tech startups, I would, you know, help in San Francisco, I'd go down there and I would, you know, Create merchandise for their companies, like tchotchkes and things like that.
0: Hmm. Okay, that's super interesting. And so you left it during the pandemic, right? So about a little over a year ago, around mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Um, what was kind of the pivotal moment for you that made you want to leave? I think I swore I saw this on your Instagram story the other day too, where. I think I think it was the other day where you were explaining like how you decided to quit, right? Like I think it was something like your manager. Was this you? I think this was you, yeah, right? T- no, was, that was me. I'm <laughs> <That was> like <laughs> I'm like
1: wait, because no, I'm like totally right
0: to now. Now and I'm like wait, was I watching her? Was that someone?
1: Else? <laughs> no, you're right. Um, I had wanted to leave for a really long time. Um, I didn't realize that like fitness, you know, was going to be my job. I kind of fell into it. And so when I realized, oh, like I'm so much more fulfilled and I was like dreading working for this other company, I was finding like so much joy and getting up at like 4am and editing YouTube videos. So I could start work at 7am. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like so burnt out and I had no life. And I just like was sad I was working at this job. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to quit. Like It was a moment for me where I knew that I could be successful if I believed in myself fully and spent more time with my content and spent more time improving my program. Um, So COVID hit and I was like, well, shoot, like everyone's freaking out. I don't know if I should leave this job. So I stayed longer until I truly couldn't do it anymore. And I remember my manager, he was super cool. He hopped on a meeting with me and I was kind of falling behind in my sales and because you're outbouting, you know, as a salesperson, um, and I'm falling behind in it. And he knew what I did for, you know, my other job, my other life. I felt like, um, and he said, Hey, I feel like you're struggling trying to balance both. And I was like, you're right. I quit. <laughs> I just like quit on him. And he was like, Oh my gosh, like, I didn't mean to have you quit. Like, you know, we they didn't want to lose me because then they have to train someone again. And I'm like, honestly, like, I just this is my goals. This is what I want to do. I I don't want to sell t-shirts forever. I'm thankful, but it's time for me to do what I want to do now. And he totally understood it. And then I made this PowerPoint and I sat Bentley and Michael down and like presented it like I was in front of CEOs or something. I don't know. And said like, why pros and cons, like why I should quit, Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the PowerPoint, I was like, therefore, I'm quitting. And Michael's like, all right, well, that just made up your mind. Like you just decided to quit after going over your pros and cons. Um, And yeah, put in the two weeks and I was out.
0: So funny. I'm smiling because I feel like I would do the exact same thing. And and essentially I, I did very similar. And, and, you know, as we both did, we left a sales job and I was the same thing with a quota and like they're tracking like your progress, how you're doing for the month, all that. So I've been through that. But, you know, it's funny. Um, I feel like. Especially when, you know, we have that second job or second life or whatever, you know, you want to call it. I feel like the managers are always uh, thinking like you're working on that instead or at least because when we went remote, my manager was always like, I think she was a little bit sus. Me mean, my numbers were proving themselves. So, like, she didn't have to be. But I think towards the end, like, I, she was very bitter when I left with them. Just let me put it that way. Oh, no. um, Yeah. But it's so funny because I I remember... You know, and again, each each, especially with sales, it's a very stressful role. And with management, um, you know, they can be really stressed as well because they're managing a bunch of salespeople. And I remember during a time she was like kind of not the greatest with treating me and my team, just like didn't know how to lead correctly. And um, I was thinking to myself, like she doesn't realize like losing me would be like not to be cocky, but like would be worse than like her. Having to, you know, because like I'm just so well established in the role, you know, whereas you're going to hire someone new and it's going to go right back to square one. So it's like, in essence, they should always be treating, you know, people like you and I who might have something else. And yes, that might be something long term. They should still be really mindful about, you know, encouraging, you know, those people regardless of where they're at, you know, especially because in essence, like you, you, the managers often need those people more than the other way around, especially if, you know, your business, my business is picking up where we get to a point where we can leave, you know?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you're totally right. Sales roles take forever to truly train and trust them and like develop relationships with your accounts. Um, Like I was at that company for three years and like, I loved the culture, but like everyone was 10 years older than me. I kind of mm-hmm. fell into the role. Um, so then they were like, they just kept promoting and they're like, well, shoot, like, you're going to leave now. We've yeah. spent three years on you and your accounts. So and you have like all well, the like, hundred of these accounts you have to hand off. So yeah. that was definitely stressful. Um, cause it was a lot of relationships with your clients. Uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of the clients, they'd be like, where, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm a fitness influencer and they would follow me. And I was like, that's so cool. So it was nice to keep the good relationships. Honestly, we ended on great notes. Um, So I'm thankful for that. And I still keep in touch, but you know, I'm thankful that it helped me grow and it helped me learn. Like I wanted to be my own boss because I would dread having to explain myself of like why I was running late because I had a photo shoot for something they didn't understand or something like that.
0: Exactly. I resonate so much with that. And you know, it's 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 good that you ended on good terms. And I will say like I did as well. It's just that of course, like any manager, they don't really want you to leave. And yeah each person takes it the different way and and you know reacts in a different way. So I just knew mine was a little like just upset because you know, <laughs> of course I get it, but um I am curious. So when it came to the quitting process within your PowerPoint, was there any, uh, anything revolving around finances and like how you felt in financial stability? And if so, do you have any advice on like how your thought process was, um, what your goal was before you left financially? And again, kind of like an advice for anyone in the future that might come to this point as well, where they want to leave and go on to freelance or go on to, you know, whatever, pursue something that they can make sustainable on their own.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that question. So I feel like not a lot of people think sometimes about that and they'll just do it on a whim or, you know, think I'll eventually make ends meet. But for me, I, it was really important that I kept my same income, if not more, cause I had double the income. Um, and I was going to lose that, you know, sturdy salary job, but I now have to get my own insurance. I was like all that kind of stuff that people scare you with. Um, so I did my research of like how much insurance would cost as an entrepreneur, um, you know, without being with a company um and doing certain research of, okay, well, how could I make up what I lost in this job? So part of my PowerPoint was how I could find, you know, additional income um, to make up what I was losing with that corporate job. Um, so it was definitely something Michael and I really like value being able to, you know, fully, you know, pay off all of our loans, you know, help out our family if we need to do that, um, that kind of stuff. Um, So I guess for advice, I just make sure that you, you have a plan and you put it into action. And honestly, you may want to quit now, um, but don't, if you don't have that money backing it up, or you don't have that security, like as much as it sucks, like tough it out. Like I toughed it out for six months of being like, Hey, I'm I'm just going to wait it out until I feel comfortable. And then it just hit me in one moment that I thought with doing what I love, I can multiply, like I can 10 X myself. Then if I'm just stuck in this job working for someone else and it's like draining me because I'm just not feeling fulfilled.
0: Exactly. You know, and I think you hit such a good point there too. For me, it was a exact moment where I was like, all right, I'm fully drained, but at the same time, you're right. In that I think not to like, you know, I guess, uh, say mean things about the current upcoming generation. But I do feel like, especially with our parents' generation and then compared to like the upcoming one, I feel like there's a big gap in understanding, having grit and sticking something through. I think the amount of jobs, our parents and the older generation, you know, amount of jobs they went through that they hated or like they had to stay at for a much longer period. Um, you know, they had to wait it out and go through because it's, it's just life is not easy. You know, it's not meant to be easy, like, you know, quitting and, and making like a bunch of six figures today, like because of TikTok and all that, which is great. I mind you, I am grateful for that because I think that's how some of my platform has gone up. But I think at the same time, it's important to have that reality check, like you said, where it's like waited it out an additional six months because having that financial stability is really important as an independent adult, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I totally resonate with that because I grew up with both my
1: parents being such hard workers. My dad would commute two hours one way to his creative director job. So I I barely would see him growing up. Yeah. Um, and then my mom became a nurse when she was like 45, like single mom, you know, my parents split up and she mm-hmm. became a nurse and like worked in order to, you know, have my brother and I, um, so I really respect that from that. And like, I think it really built me into who I am now of, you know, watching that struggle and like what they put into it. Um, so yeah, I I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And and I want to just add to like, uh, I think you have such self-awareness in that, in that you were aware that, okay, you, you have to be practical and like making the pros and cons list and having that PowerPoint. I think, like you said earlier, it's so important to think it through. I know it's very nice to like be on a gut reaction and be on that, that high and that intensity of like, all right, I'm going to go do it. And and I think you do need that moment. I don't think that you're ever going to be that comfortable enough to just purely quit, but you need some sort of logic and practicality behind how you can survive if you quit, you know, even if it's like 75% 75% there financially, like you said, you can 10x yourself once you go full in, which is what I felt for my work too. And I wasn't like 100%, you know, matching or doubling the salary that like I had intended. But I same thought process as you, I realized like, I most likely can't reach that point until I leave, you know, so as long mm-hmm. as you do have majority of that income that you can pay rent, you can pay everything else and, you know, maybe cut back on coffee and other things like that, then, you know, you should be good. So I feel like that's just something that women should note listening to this if they are considering doing something like that in the future.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know once the minute I graduated college, I didn't ask my parents for any help. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna figure this out, and, yeah. you know, I was thankful that I had that scholarship that put me through college, and then, you know, my parents helped me with rent, and I was so thankful for that. And then, once I graduated, I was like, she's gotta get a job, and like, uh, Michael let me stay with him rent free. I, I was just like, it's kind of fun to, you know get to where you're at. Um and I know my parents were nervous when I first quit my job and I was like, guys, trust me, like I got this. Like this Aww. is what I love to do. Um,
0: yeah. That's amazing. Well, I definitely want to dive into everything of your fitness background, your fitness program, and how you grew your platform. So let's dive into like the OG beginning days. Like take us back to when you really started. How did you you know, come up with this idea. Like I know you mentioned you fell into fitness kind of with that love and passion yourself, but at what point did you start like making content, videos, photos, and then at what point did it really start growing for you to slowly turn it into a business?
1: Yeah. So we moved to Huntington beach and I knew nobody and Michael is that entrepreneur. So he's always working and I was, had my corporate job. So I was nine to five and then I was off and I'm like, shoot, like, what do I do with all my time? I have no friends. He's constantly working. I might as well get a hobby. And I loved <laughs> fitness. Um, both my parents were bodybuilders. I grew up a volleyball player. I took CrossFit in college, like to learn how to lift weights just because I was like curious about it. So when I got to California and I needed a hobby, I thought, well, why not dive into this a bit more? I have the time now. And I kind of fell into it. I just got really interested in other people's Methods, because for a really long time I got stuck into like my own thoughts of if I go on the elliptical for thirty minutes and I do abs for ten minutes, then we're good. And I would always do that, and then I would like not see a change. And I'm like, what the heck? Why am I not looking like this? And it was because I was stubborn with my own thoughts. And that's when I really found weightlifting. I I learned how to eat properly. I learned how to count macros. I learned the importance of protein and how carbs fuel you because a lot of women like we're taught that carbs are bad for you and that like it's a joke if you like carbs. I'm like, "No, they're actually great for you and you shouldn't be scared of them." Um so that's kind of how I got interested. I started researching so much on YouTube informational, like I was reading so many books in general. I was listening to crazy amounts of podcasts just when I was working my job, like just always had them playing. Um, and it just kind of fell into being like love of mine. And then after maybe eight months, I started seeing my body change and i have never seen it change this way before. And, um, people were messaging me like, girls from my sorority. Like hey, said, what are you doing differently? Like I would just post a story or a bikini photo or whatever. And mm-hmm. I would tell them and some asked, Hey, can you train me? And so I'd write programs. And then it just came so overwhelming. And some of them thought, well, why not to save time? Like, why don't you just share it on your page? Like, I want to see what you do. And I thought, okay, well, I like fitness influencers. Like I always loved you know, following Gymshark athletes. So I thought, like, I guess I could do that. And that's how I fell into it. I just Michael started recording me and I just started posting from our apartment gym and mm-hmm. it was great.
0: Were you intimidated that there were already a lot of fitness gurus in the space? I that actually I, came to mind for me like I love fitness as well. I definitely don't ever see myself as a fitness influencer just cuz I like I don't think I do it nearly as well as people like you, but even if I did, that did come across my mind when I was thinking about like, damn, how does she not get intimidated that there's like, quite frankly, a lot of people in the space. I mean, fitness is a huge industry. um, And, you know, you have amassed like a lot of, you know, followers on both YouTube and Instagram. Um, So what was your thought process in that? Like, were you even thinking about what other people were doing? I honestly was not. I I truly just
1: posted it because these girls were asking me like these sorority girls. And I thought it was, a. I thought, wow, that would be the coolest job. Like I thought that was so neat. People have that as a job, like a full-time um, gig. And I just thought that's really cool, but I just was posting for fun. And then I just kind of started to grow rapidly. And I thought, oh, well, I guess I could be one of those girls. <laughs> so then I thought, well, that's fun. Um, but, as I remember, as I continued and I started to make it also a job as well, that's when I thought, wow, there is a lot of saturation here, but at the same time, they're going to want to, you know, follow you for you. And that if, as long as you can change 10 girls out of a hundred thousand girls, like that's truly what matters is when I meet someone on the streets or I don't know, half the time, I think just my parents watch my channel and then I meet someone and I'm like, Uh, you got the wrong girl. I'm like, who? (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, it it can get intimidating for sure though. Um, especially when you're first starting out.
0: Yeah. But I guess I I took away from that. Like you would advise, like, definitely if you're starting out in anything, like just don't pay attention to what other people are. (laughs)
1: I mean, think of like anything in life, like there's everything saturated in general. And Mm -hmm. like, if you like, try and you persevere and you're confident with who you are and don't change because of that, you can get successful no matter what. Like, I think anything is just going to be cluttered. um, But how can you kind of stand out? And I think initially you have to do it out of like pure, just love for it. Because if you go into it saying, this is going to be my job, that's where you're going to like fall on your face because you have so much buildup for that and so much anticipation anxiety where you should just enjoy the process. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did. I was like, this is really cool. I would love to do this further. Um, but I also was just doing it because I like, I liked to work out, you know. Yeah.
0: Speaking of the process, how long did it Take for you, you know, to start making money on it and actually building a, you know, a small business out of it. And then, yeah, I guess like at what point did it start to really take off? Like the program, like you mentioned, like you kind of start to grow quickly. Was it, you know, through Instagram, YouTube? Like what was really hitting it, um, you know, off the head? Yeah, um, I probably started my fitness
1: program like maybe almost two years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. And I think it was around sixty thousand and i just thought like i wanted to be able to have a platform that i didn't have when i was kind of first starting out in fitness and i didn't have like a community i felt really alone for a long time Mm -hmm. um so that was where i thought well maybe if i make this program and like it's not intimidating it is like friendly and these girls can talk to each other on this community Um, That's kind of like where it stemmed. I didn't feel like I had to be at a certain point in order to have this program. I just thought, well, I'm going to put it out there. Girls want to join and we can hang out and work out. That's awesome. Um, So that's kind of when I started to monetize with it. And then, um, you know, like, of course, I had a supplement company. I started working with PE Science and, you know, they pay you a certain salary and commission. um, But they signed me really early on. Like, I think I hit 10,000 and I love their supplements. So I reached out Mm -hmm. to them and said, Hey, I hit 10,000. I would love to do a giveaway for my followers. Do you want to do something together? And they were like, Hey, we think you're cool. Actually, you want to be signed. And I was like, okay. Um, so that's kind of how I, I realized, you know, you could work with companies and like, they would respect you, you know, as an influencer as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so I kind of just started from there. I hope I bet that was jumbled, but I hope that made sense.
0: Yeah, um regarding that, do you feel like Instagram or YouTube was more helpful in you growing? And this is I guess especially really good for other, you know, influencers out there or mm-hmm. content creators who, you know, maybe struggle with that aspect.
1: Yeah, I started on Instagram. Um mm-hmm. I loved YouTubers. I like loved Sarah's day, all that kind of stuff. It made me feel like I was hanging out with somebody. So then you know, I was growing on Instagram and I thought, well, I like watching YouTubers. Like, why don't I try it? And I remember I tried for like a month trying to record one video and it was so awkward. You know, I was so uncomfortable because I'm like definitely an introverted extrovert. So I would like clam up in the YouTube.
0: camera.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, it was so cringy, but then I just kind of got used to it and I just got comfortable in re-recording. Um, So I guess that's how I kind of fell into YouTube. I definitely joined YouTube later than Instagram, but I love it. Like I find so much joy every day, like recording that. And then I meet so many people through YouTube in general. Like I love my Instagram family, but it's crazy how many will come up and be like, I follow you on YouTube. Um, Cause you know, it's, you get to hang out with them. So then, yeah, it's cool. And I met friends that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So so nowadays, like in today, uh, 2021, do you feel like YouTube helps elevate your platform more? Um, or do you feel like it's about e- even?
1: I, th- I feel like that's different for everybody. But at least for like, even if I think of someone I love to watch on YouTube, I'm much more connected to them because I see their personality. I right. get to hang out with them day to day. I feel like they're my friend. So I resonate a lot more with their things and I think that is like really beneficial as you being able to share who you are to people cuz I can just post a photo of me standing with like my abs showing but you don't know like who I am you don't see that side so I think YouTube really helped you know um kind of create that bond with people in general and then when I get to meet them they already know who I am like I get to be myself because that that's what I am on YouTube. Post to Instagram, it's just beautiful photos, whatever it may be, whatever food photos, whatever right. people have.
0: Right, okay, so regarding like, I guess back to the reason why everyone, you know, reached out to you to figure out like how to get their physique better, what was it actually like for you? Like, was it the consistency? Um, Cause you mentioned you were going on the elliptical and then doing abs and then not really seeing a difference. And I will admit, I definitely used to do that as well. But of course, nowadays I do like a mix of everything. You know, some days I'll do like a hit workout. Some days I'll, you know, do lifting um, and all that. So, and of course I, like you have a great figure and I love, you know, your passion for like changing it up and like doing what's healthy for you. Of course, I know today, the body image, um, stereotype is changing as well. Thank goodness. Like, I think that's been, you know, a long time coming, but what's your best tip for generating like progress in, in your physique? Yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely consistency because it's easy to
1: fall behind and think, well, you know, it, it didn't work for a month. It didn't work for two months. It didn't work for three months. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Where you really, start to see the change where it's a lot, it becomes a lifestyle. And that's where you start to see it opposed to just a diet or a crazy workout routine. Like when it becomes just your lifestyle and your body's going to like maybe accept it, you find whatever lifestyle works for you. Um, and then for me personally, I really noticed, I changed my body like exponentially when I focused on what I was eating, Mm -hmm. I was notorious for going to like Costco and I love Big bags of chocolate. And don't get me wrong, I still eat chocolate all the time. But it I wasn't like really noticing what I was putting in my body. I would like, you know, eat tons of fruits and veggies, but then I would neglect protein and forget about it. And so I just was more intentional with what I was eating. Mm -hmm. And a huge thing, which this is different for everybody. I'm not a nutritionist, but um, I really focused on a whole foods-based diet, and it was because I have bad gut health. So Once I like, you know, cut out a lot of, even like think of canola oil opposed to olive oil, things like that that I had no idea I started researching. It helped me. Like it helped cleanse my body so much and eating more veggies and eating less processed food that helped me really get to that training. Cause not only I wasn't fatigued anymore, but my body was really responding well to like more natural foods opposed to the processed ones that You know, you're out of college. You're like, I'm gonna eat macaroni every day.
0: (laughs) You know, I and I'm I like that you mentioned that because even for me, that was something I struggled with for a while. Was finding out like why is my body not changing that much? Like I go to the gym five, sometimes six times a week, and this was like more so earlier this year, maybe towards the end of last year. And I was like, what's going on? And some of my friends who play like Division One tennis were like, like Emily, I swear, like we might work out every day, but it's like all about what you eat and And, um, like a lot of that, a lot of the changes happen in like how you eat. And, and for me, I even noticed like certain bloating that just felt really off. Like it felt like more of a gut health thing, which is, again, I think something that we're starting to talk about more, but I'm really glad that you brought that up too, because I think the more we share like our experiences with how that has affected us and how like, you know, changing that diet or changing it to, suit our needs better I think that conversation is going to be so pertinent for people to understand oh okay like that's what I could be doing more like I might be you know doing soul cycle like five times a week but like it might not be changing your physique because also you're still eating I don't know like in and out every other day I'm just kidding. not in and out every other day but you know what I mean it's like yeah. it, it, you still need like the right mix of both, you know? And of yeah. course, you know, like once in a while, it's, it's always great. I <laughs> I don't mind it. But yeah, no, I think that's so important too. And definitely something that might be more overlooked um, in comparison to like working out, right? I feel like so many people are like, how many times do I need to work out per week to like get my body to change, you know? But then we forget the, the, the food aspect. Like that's like a big part of it too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It goes hand in hand and I think that it's important just for somebody to find what diet works for them. And like, mm-hmm. when I talk about a diet, like, I don't mean like keto diet or whatever. Yeah. It's like, if that works for people, that's great. It's it's yeah. just finding like a lifestyle diet, like something that works for you and what works for Michael, like works different for me. So I bias different things and, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of cool once you figure out and kind of take snippets of people's. That's what I would do is I was like, I like that she, you know, eats very paleo. What is that
0: like? And then I would test it out and I'd be like, that's yes. not for me. And then you <laughs> kind of just hop around. What are top 2 tips you have for women who want to develop a healthier lifestyle? I feel like that's especially something you are huge with your messaging is what works best for you and to focus on the healthy lifestyle aspect versus like, again, this whole diet thing or like working out a certain amount of days. I think I saw, I saw on your story too. Someone asked you like, how many days, like, should you work out? And you're saying like, oh, it's best for whatever fits you, you know, but like, what are two tips you have just like in general for women who want to adapt to a healthier, uh, you know, wellness focused lifestyle. I would say like in general, get active. Like, I don't
1: think you have to be a lifter. I don't think you have to love, you know cardio or biking or whatever it i am just huge on truly whatever works for you because i didn't like that culture of you must eat a ton of protein and you must lift heavy weights otherwise you're not valid and that is so not accurate you know like i feel like sometimes that space on in influencing can be really negative because people may think you have to lift heavy otherwise you're wrong or like heck no like you got to do what's good for your lifestyle Um, And that's why I want that to get across to women. So they don't feel like they have to. So if people are just starting off, I think the biggest thing is getting active. Like if you're not someone that goes for walks, like go walk around um, and get coffee with a friend. If you guys just sit and have coffee, like that's an easy change you can do. And like kind of easing into it, because if you go in being like, I'm going to do two workouts a day by the time I get to Cabo or whatever, you know, people like have vacation you get burned out. Like I am a victim of all of that in college. I like had a cycle of being like, I'm going to be like intense. And then I would burn out and I would be like, no, whatever, where, you know, I eventually just found it as a lifestyle of like, I work out because it makes me feel good. I work out. Cause I get endorphins. I like work out because I, I like to eat. And like, I love burning so many calories and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I definitely say that's a huge thing is if they can just change one thing about how active they are, maybe add in an extra day or whatever, whatever their goal is. Um, And then probably the second one would be like, make small changes. Don't make a ton at once, because once again, that's when you'll burn out. And like, really when I refer to that is like, what are you eating? Like, are you like, can you make an easy substitution? Can you a couple nights out of it, like make a home cooked meal, whatever it may be. Um, that way you don't get burned out and you don't feel like you're being restricted. Cause like, once again, you just want an abundance of a healthy lifestyle and you don't want to feel like that. You don't want, I hate restrictions. So that's why I'm like, I like to have glasses of wine. I like to eat ice cream on a Tuesday sometimes, you know, but I just don't do it every day. Cause I'm lactose intolerant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good reason to not do that. Great reason. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of healthy lifestyle, do you have a morning routine or anything that you do to help set up your day so you're feeling your best or that you're in a good headspace? Yeah,
1: Uh, this is something I'm working on
0: and Michael is so good at it. And (laughs) I'm I'm
1: so aware they have these morning routines down to a T. (laughs) Oh, the man is an is an engine. I'm like I don't know how you do this, but he's gotten me into trying to focus on meditation in the morning. And um, like one of his favorite people that like teaches meditation says like a great point in the sense of if you wake up and you go straight on your phone, which like I'm guilty of, like you could see something that might make your headspace like you might be angry, you might have something negative, like. If I have a negative comment, it's going to bug me. And I like that meditation. The first thing in the morning, you're in control of how you're going to start your day. Like you're setting the tone, you're setting the pace
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you are able to control your own reality and, you know, affirmations, whatever it may be, whatever works for you. Um, but that's definitely something that I've been working on and trying to be consistent at is like at least five minutes a day when I wake up before I get on my phone mm-hmm. is, you know sit out on the balcony, whatever it may be, and just like focus and talk to myself and think like, what do I want from this day? How do I want to be productive? Um, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that you bring up the uh your working progress in you know, removing yourself from your phone in the morning. I've recently started doing that as well. I will admit I notice a difference. And I feel like it's something I've I've had difficulties with. I don't know about you, but like even in the past, like maybe months ago or even a year ago, when I did try to, you know, not be on my phone in the morning, it was always so hard because it's like, oh, that's like right on my nightstand. You know what I mean? But uh, something I actually recently tried was like putting my phone in my bathroom or putting it just simply in a different room where for two reasons. One, when my alarm goes off at 6am, like I have to stand up to go, you know, stop it. Or, you know, if I can't snooze at that point, be stupid too, <laughs> because I'm already up. But like, secondly, it's just, again, like, since it's away from you, I, I noticed that my energy doesn't feel as clogged up when uh, compared to when I use, and I would, I would used to like, I'd go on my phone. I'll check my emails. I know there's like people on Eastern time already emailing me and I'm like anxious to know like what's going on. What do they have to say to me? And like, that was so bad. Like I noticed a difference. I don't know if you've been able to like, you know, see the difference yet, but like I just started it like two weeks ago and it's, it's been good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, I'm going to try that. And I'm going to you know how it goes. I love that idea. Yeah. Especially like we both work from our phone a lot of the times. So then you don't know how to turn it off. And like, sometimes like my favorite thing to do, like in the mornings, we do everything, we get ready. And then we always take our dog out because Bentley's got to go. But we would do it even without Bentley. Like we just love morning walks to like just talk to each other. And just like my favorite thing is just like leave my phone at home. And I'm like, no one can touch me. No one can like, I just get to hear outside and- I just think a lot of us like I'm so guilty of it, like going to the beach and I'll like be on my phone and I'll be listening to like Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, there's like surfers and kids screaming and waves. And I'm like not even being present. I'm just have my airpods in.
0: Yeah. And and trust me, I, I will be the first to say, like, I have been semi-addicted to my phone, especially when we do work on our phone, whether it's like, we need to check like Instagram for like posting content and all that. Right. And like TikTok and YouTube and everything like that and and emails. And it's a whole cycle, but yeah, for sure. Like I thought I was like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I I swear, like I'm fine. Like, you know, I don't, I can limit myself. I think I'm okay. I'm not addicted, but like, honestly, I felt the shift in my energy and my mental headspace. Once I started charging my phone in my bathroom instead of my nightstand, huge difference. It's literally like four feet difference but like or you know whatever just like a couple of steps difference and it's like that makes a difference so totally recommend that but also too a friend just recommended to me this app called block site I think it's called I don't know if you've heard of it but basically Mm -hmm. it can block apps for you or block certain websites for you so you can't like go on it so my friend um, who again these entrepreneurs that we're associated with like they're super um, I think addicted to like really staying focused and being charged in the right way and they recommended me block site because they're like emily like you might be just too much on socials or too much on certain sites and they do like a detox from you know these social medias on like certain days and they said it's like really good to you know step out and be mindful and be present like you're saying so that could be something helpful too (laughs) yeah i like that it's kind of like that timer
1: app that tells you like how long you've been on Instagram. And it's like, give me five more minutes. I know, whatever that's it is. what I was gonna say. Like, I think like, <laughs> the phone guilty. I'm like, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, for me, it's like- eventually no. you're like ignored. <laughs> that's me though. That's why it's like, I've been trying. I'm like, I, I need to like get off. Like, you know, like we, we need to like all stop. Like this generation is like, we're on our phones too much. And I even have, I, I notice when someone leaves their phone out, like at dinner or coffee or lunch, like with a friend, um, it's just like, you notice them, like we are so subconsciously attached to our phone that it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we gotta, we gotta be a little like notification. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And even TikTok, like I have never gotten
1: into it in the sense of like watching it as much because I get so consumed and like an hour will pass and I'm like, you almost feel icky, and you just watch all these like. Oh, I can't. So yeah. I, I like TikTok, and I like creating TikToks, but I can't. I just cannot get behind like constantly scrolling. Like it hurts my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like
0: oh, sensory overload. Yeah, literally. I know we we all gotta work on it, and I think hopefully we can you know just continue to master that control and discipline. Um, But I do want to quickly dive into your relationship really quick. So I think these are unique questions. I don't know if other people have asked you before. But um, definitely, I think, you know, with where you are at in life, um, you know, most people in today's generation, especially in their 20s, are like battling with the dating phase, like the apps and like the DMs and like the talking phase and playing games and all that. But I feel like that's something you have clearly stabilized in your life. But one thing I was curious about is how long did you guys date before he popped the question? We dated? Oh my gosh. Oh, we've almost been dating six years. This is where it's like, it's been so long
1: that I'm like, how long have we dated? Um, I think he asked, maybe we were dating like four and a half years, five years maybe? No, no, that would be inaccurate. Four years, four and a half years. <laughs> there we go. That's the going through a timeline. Um, and I know like, at least for me, like we met kind of at the end of college, like I'm a year older than him. Um, and so I met him as a sophomore and then I w- was a junior and, um, you know, we did distance cause I went back to college and Michael actually dropped out and he lived in Seattle. And so that's, he started working, he started focusing on his own business. Um, so we did distance for a long time, but a lot of people like out of college, like got engaged or like right off the bat married and Michael and I were like, we're just going to take our time. Like that was a huge thing was, it was important that I had someone that wanted to just like do life with me in general and get married eventually, but not have this like pressure that sometimes society puts on you. Like, you know, that grandma that's like, when are you going to get married? Um, and so we definitely, we waited, uh, quite a while. And we've been engaged almost two years and we haven't planned the wedding yet because it's hard with COVID and we like have our life together already. And like, I don't want to plan it until I feel like secure and safe with us being able to have our family there and not have to worry about everything. Um, So yeah, we've definitely done it, not the like conventional way of as soon as possible. And I like that. I think it's nice because you get to really know each other. You get to got to live together before we decide to get married. That was a huge like thing that was important for us.
0: Yeah. Do you have any advice for women in the dating phase? I know, like you had mentioned in your stories the other day, you've been out of it for a while, but like, especially with long distance, like, is there anything you feel that you did effectively per se? Cause I think again, long distance can be a struggle for some people, even if it's just a couple of hours or even one hour where you're just not in the same town or city. Um, but is there anything that you remember from just like when you were dating that you feel like was advice you got from maybe other women, um, in your life that was really helpful for you? I feel like with long distance,
1: it's a, it's really hard to be on the same page and it's hard to grow together because you're living two separate lives. Um, but I think the most important thing is communication. Um, and I know that's cheesy, but I had dated someone prior to Michael, and we had done distance, and it completely failed because he he didn't ever want to talk about important things. He didn't he didn't want to talk about like the elephants in the room and saying hey this makes me feel x y and z. Um, where when I met Michael, it was like. He was a friend of mine, like a partner, like, you know, I felt that respect of we would communicate. We would make sure we talk to each other, you know, we aren't constantly texting each other, but we call each other at the end of the day, or if I'm walking to the gym and be like, Hey, how's this going? Um, and just being really open and communicating and also just having trust in general that, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, you're dating each other for a reason. Um, Yeah. I think this one's a good question for you too, especially since you have clearly found the one, but do you have any advice for women on a standard they should hold for all men to be quote husband material? Like, how did you know, like he was husband material or the one? <laughs> I know that's such a corny oh question, but I feel like this definitely is like shit that goes through girl's head is like, how do you know? And there will be people like, yeah. Oh, you just know when you know, but that's just not enough for some girls. And I feel like you're closer in age too. Cause you're what you're only 26, right? Or 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's, you know, closer you're in your twenties still. And I feel like is just more relatable coming from you versus someone in their 30s saying, oh, you'll just know. It's like, well, I mean, like how? (laughs) That is honestly, that is a great
1: question (laughs) because I have gotten people asking, so many when I do Q&As ask, how did you know he was the one? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know how to answer that half the time. And I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it was maybe like, he was really good at, like, he pushed me to go out of my comfort zone on things. And I guess I didn't realize how important that was in a partner is they should be able to push you to be better because I would see some relationships, um, and they would just kind of be stagnant or they're who they are. And that, that's great. Um, but like I personally would never have started my own businesses if he didn't like push me to do it. Mm. If he wasn't like, Seth, like you can do this full time. Like, this is what you love. I would have been like, it's fine. No, like I'm just going to stay at the, like, cause I didn't have that mindset at first. Um, so to sum it up is like, they should challenge you. Um, and of course, like not change who you are as a human to the core, but like, I think they should just challenge you in general to want to be a better person because we all have our flaws. And I know him and I are constantly working on things. Um, but it's good to get that perspective and have someone like root for you and want you to do better in life. (laughs) Cause sometimes, especially spouses, it's hard if you're, you know, both at different jobs and like, they're not pushing you to go for that promotion or whatever it may be, or, you know, raise your salary. Um, so I guess just having someone there to get your back and say like, you can do this. Like you, you can be a better person. I guess that's kind of when I noticed it. And that was like, when we really decided like, Holy heck, you're the one was like, we could mutually push each other yeah. and call each other out and grow together mm. because my worst fear was growing apart.
0: Yeah. you know,
1: Especially when I had that job and he was off you know, creating these companies, I I felt like I was falling behind with him. I guess mm-hmm. in, in the sense of I wasn't able to be present with him because I was so busy with my other job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cool when we got to both have our own companies and both come together and work together on it. Still,
0: yeah. Um, one more question before the last question. This just came to mind too. The other day, I read this quote on Instagram, and it was something like. It was like a Buddha quote per se, but it was something along the lines of like, when you meet your soulmate, you won't feel all these like crazy, crazy butterflies and like crazy, uh, like, oh my God, feelings and excitement. Instead, you feel more grounded and like peaceful or something. I'm curious, just again, because you've dated the same person for so long and now you're engaged. Like, do you resonate with that? Is that something you feel like it's home for you or is that something you maybe disagree with? Oh my
1: god, these are so hard, Emily. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I'm such a deep person. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I love it. I love it. We're gonna eventually you're gonna come to Miami. We're gonna have wine and we're just gonna so go. percent I love Miami. I love <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't date a lot before Michael. Mm-hmm. I'm just like an awkward girl, and I just I always like hung out with my friends, like my girlfriends. I always just like I never really like, I just didn't date much. And so I had a couple boyfriends before him. And they were all like, you know, cute butterflies or whatever. And then when I met Michael, I was like, psycho. I was obsessed, like in the sense of, so that's why I'm like, that's hard. Because Michael and I, when we first met, we were like, holy cow. Like he told me he loved me, like not even a month into dating.
0: And like, Damn. he just
1: went fast, yeah. And like, I think we just had never like been so connected to someone cause he didn't date a crazy amount either prior. Um, And we were literally like, we're going to get married the minute I graduate. Like we were so like going to plan this. And then as our relationship developed and we did distance for two years, that was when we were like, wow, the world isn't all butterflies. Like relationships are tough. You have to communicate. You have to push each other. You have to talk about things and grow together. So I guess it kind of like, it started off like Oh my gosh. Yes. And then we learned like how to do life together and get through those hard times because it's always going to come. Mm -hmm. Like there's always going to be hard times in relationships. There's no such thing as the 24 seven, like love them all the time. And if people have that, that's awesome. And I don't know how to get that secret potion. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good quote, but I see maybe mine went from like we were like, oh my gosh, yes. And then we got grounded. And we were like, if we're going to make this work, we have to be realistic. We can't get married out of college. We have no money. Right. And like things like that. And Or like we barely know each other because we did distance for so long. Yeah. So interesting. kind of hand in hand.
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, that's super cool. I mean, yeah, it, it's so interesting too. I think your example just goes to show it really is per, per, per situation or per couple in a sense where it's like, I feel like I have heard like stories on podcasts, like, I don't know, like call her daddy where they're saying like, oh, if someone says I love you within like X amount of time, like that's red flags. But like clearly like it's not though, you know, it's like if if someone or if you were to take that advice, like then where would you be now? Because like you ended up with that person who said something like that, you know, as quickly as he did. But it ended up working out, you know, so I feel like it's so important. Again, that's why I always ask questions like revolving around all parts of your life, because I think it's important for people to see, like how things work for certain people and how other things work for other people and, you know, take, take whatever is valuable to you and apply to your own life, because it's definitely not a one size fits all, as we know. But I think being on social media, it's hard to tell sometimes, sometimes you feel like, oh shit, maybe I I am supposed to like play games with this guy and like turn on my red receipts and like, you know, all this shit that like, again, literally modern dating today, which is kind of savage, but like, it is like what it is today. So I feel like someone like you, who's in a grounded relationship now and, and is engaged, I feel like sharing that part and how you've experienced it is important for listeners and especially for young women.
1: And you're totally right. There's a lot of outlets that do say, like, I love call her daddy. And (laughs) I listen to her all the time. I think she's hilarious. But then there's sometimes that I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if like X, Y, and Z would apply to my life or like, I, yeah, I just think everyone has it so different. And even I look back at that and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like we both were like crazy about each other when we first met, but you're right. Like I've no friends that like they grew into like, loving their best friend yes. or something like that. So, it, you're totally right like it just depends on what you want in a relationship and mm-hmm. everyone's relationship's different. I feel like a lot of people will judge relationships where I think like if that works for them, if that's how they show love or whatever it may be, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it might just be their type of relationship. Um and yeah, I honestly could not imagine with the dating games like <laughs> I would be so bad at it. <laughs>
0: Well, I am too, because I'm a very direct person. And I don't I personally don't like to play games. So it does hurt to hear like some people saying, Oh, you should play games. Because that's just how today's world is. But I'm like, but but like, can I like find someone that's more traditional? Because I'm not like, trying to, you know, play games and talk to multiple guys at once. And you know, go on the apps and like find like a bunch of people to like leverage over the other, you know, if one's like, if one dips, like, oh, I have another one on the roster kind of thing. So yeah, no, I feel like it's a, it's a message that girls need to hear and and hear from both sides, basically. Yeah, totally.
1: And you can only play games for so long. Like at some point, you know, Yeah, like they're like your long-term boyfriend and you're still like playing games, but you're like, Did you pick up the pizza before dinner? And he's like, I gotta wait to respond to it. It'd be so weird if you think about it. Like just eventually you're I I just I love like relationships and friendships. And so for me, like my biggest thing that I wanted was a best friend that like actually wanted to hang out with me. Like guys I dated before that, like it just was very like boyfriend, girlfriend not really like friends. And I wanted someone that was like my best friend to like do life with. And so that I was very much like, the reason I liked Michael was he didn't play games. Like you said, like I was in college, guys were like, so such players are like, hey, come to this frat party as a date. And I'm like, oh gosh, no. like. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going
0: to hang out with my friends. Thank you. Right. No, I totally feel you. Um, Okay. Well, last question. It's something I ask everyone on this show. And it's something you kind of talked about earlier in terms of what, you know, was fulfilling to you. But I guess the ultimate question is what fulfills you, Sav? What fulfills you in life? (laughs) One last deep question. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You didn't prep me for this one. (laughs) Shoot.
1: What fulfills me? Oh, I feel okay, hopefully that this is like answers it. But like when you said what fulfills you, I always like wanted, especially growing up and like seeing how hard my parents would work. Like I always wanted a life in general and like an everyday day to day of like me being like, I love what I do. And I didn't know what my career was going to be, but I was like, I want to love it. I don't want to dread it. Like I want to have great relationships. So boot all those toxic people. Like- I just wanted to be able to wake up and be like, holy heck, I'm so lucky I get to live here or I'm so lucky that I get to do X, Y, and Z. And so I guess it's like a huge thing of like not waiting for the weekend. Like you have a life that like, it's not, you're not waiting for Friday. You're like, oh my gosh, it's Monday. It's Wednesday. I love it. Like, I guess that, that, that fulfills me. is like, I love my day-to-day life and I don't feel like I have to wait for the next best thing.
0: Mm Hmm i love that answer i feel the exact same way that's definitely something that resonates with me and i always talk about it too just to add like i hate when people talk about sunday scaries um or you know living for the weekend and but especially sunday scaries because to me i've always believed that there is a way whether you work a nine to five or you work for yourself or whatever you do i believe there is a way to merge your life into one versus work-life balance. Like people say work-life balance and that's why there's Sunday scaries because it's as if you can only have fun on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, you can only be serious and your colleagues and your coworkers are like more serious. You can't throw out savage jokes around them because it's work, but then your personal life, you can do anything. Like I've always believed you can merge them into one strategically if you find the right career, find the right types of people to surround. Um, But yeah, no, I feel like, similar to you, you said you value your relationships and you boot the toxic people. i um, the same exact way for me. Relationships fulfill me just because I think at the end of the day, we can be as successful as we are. We can have all the money in the world, whatever it is, but without the person, the people to celebrate with, like, what does that mean? You know? Well, yeah,
1: absolutely. I completely agree. And, and it's even weird, like, you know you're right out of college like like we're at this like kind of middle ground of our life where you can like decide how you want to go about your life and like set stones and like set relationships and i know when i was in college i didn't necessarily have the best kind of friends like they just wanted to party or whatever and that, that was cool but like they never want to get deep and so when i became like a real adult that like lived in a area I wanted to live. Like when I moved to Huntington, I was like, what do I want my friends to be like? Cause they're going to be a reflection of you. And so if you have crummy friends that bail on you or do the X, Y, and Z, that's like, you're just putting up, like, you're basically showing what you think of yourself as well. Like you deserve to have good relationships. Um, because that was a big thing that I took away from after college. I was like, I want friends that treat me right. And I want to meet them and like have smaller groups of friends. It doesn't mean I have to be the most popular person. Like I just want Someone I know will like answer the phone at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. come and get you or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wish we met when we were both in OC. <laughs> I know, I'm so sad. We literally just missed each other. I know. Well, we'll definitely connect when I'm in Miami. I'm I I like I said I my dream is to split my time between there and New York. So, we will definitely connect in person. Yeah. Absolutely. Please <laughs> let me know and we'll go to North and get a glass of wine and Brickle or something. Mm, oh, friggin' love Brickle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, where can everyone find you? Share your socials before we cap out the recording and where they can find you. YouTube, Insta, all that. Yeah. Well, my Instagram is Savright underscore.
1: There's weirdly a lot of Savannah rights in the world. So that's <laughs> the name I got and <laughs> YouTube, you just got to type in Savannah, Wright. i I dabble with TikTok. Um, (laughs) I don't know what it is. I think it's Savrite as well. Um, Yeah, just type in my name and you'll find me. My program is getfitwithsav.com. And
0: type in Savannah Wright and you'll find me. Sweet. (laughs) I will link all of the socials, all of the links um, in the show notes. Thanks again for being on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you, Emily. This was so lovely to meet you. I'm excited when you come to Miami and I have a new like entrepreneur friend. It's so cool.
0: Before you head out today, be sure to follow us on Instagram at what fulfills you. Yes, I took away Pod, so now it's just at what fulfills you. Um, I am also on TikTok as well as of recently, so hit the follow over there. I will be posting the exclusive content on a major product release that will be coming out at the end of September. So if you are on TikTok, then go ahead, follow at what you because TikTok will see it first. Um, and all of the merch is available at whatfulfillsyou.com. This month, August 2021, I am doing some crazy back to school sales, so if you've been dying to get the journal or the sweatshirt, then be sure to just keep up to date on the Instagram because that's where I'm sharing all the codes and it will be this month only. Um, The 30% off already passed, but there is another one coming up so be sure to check that out what um everything is limited edition so once it's sold out it's gone for good but yeah thank you again so much for tuning in be sure to share this episode with a friend rate and review the podcast on apple and i'll talk to y'all next time